following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcasting Network. For a full list of our shows, as well as breaking sports news and engaging feature stories, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com. Welcome to The Leftovers, brought to you by the Underdog Sports Network, with Josh Dunn, Anshu Khanna, and Dan Bauer. Hello and welcome to The Leftovers. It is December 3rd. Sorry we missed you guys on Friday, uh, but myself and Anshu Khanna are back. Anshu, how was your weekend in Packer country? Uh, it was an eventful one, as I'm sure we'll get to here in a second, but overall, pretty solid. Good to see some old buddies that I don't get to see too often. How about yours? Mine was very good, filled with uh, live music that doesn't disappoint in my Cleveland Browns, who normally do disappoint. So uh, we'll, get to, we'll get to all that, but we're going to lead with the biggest game of the day. Chargers, Steelers, Chargers win uh, an absolutely wild one and one of the weirdest endings I've ever seen. So 33-30 to 30 on that. Steelers jumped out to a big lead in the first half and looked like they were completely in control. Uh, and I was wondering if we were going to be able to record early on this one because it was uh, an absolute slaughtering in the first half. Uh, Chargers come roaring back. Phillip Rivers puts on a show. And they eventually uh, come out and win this one on a last-second field goal after two offsides calls uh, on the Steelers and what would have been a third one that was declined. So... Just a very, very weird game. But the Chargers uh, now look like potentially the biggest or the best team in the AFC. So I'm going to flip this right to you, Anshu. And what we've talked a lot about the NFC and how strong some of those teams are. But how about the AFC? Who's your favorite right now? Uh, Yeah, I mean, the Chargers are pretty well-rounded. Like, if you think about their balance now that Joey Bosa's back, um, they're they're tough, and they've got Casey Hayward in the secondary. Derwin James looks like a potential defensive rookie of the year candidate. Um, you know they look good. They they the only thing is they're so off and on. I mean they lose to the Broncos um, before this, so I it's tough for me. I, I think that there are two other teams in the AFC that are a little bit better right now. Both winners today. One of them, the Patriots, as usual, taking care of business. They. Hold off the uh, the Minnesota Vikings twenty four to ten at home. They look like they're rounding into form health wise. Rex Burkhead is back. They have a lot of pieces, um, and they're also a pretty solid defensive team as well. And then Kansas City, even with the Kareem Hunt stuff going on, um, they take care of their business again. Just dominate. Well, actually, didn't dominate. That defense has issues certainly, um, and giving up a bunch of points to Oakland doesn't help matters, but. Uh, they look unstoppable on offense, even without Hunt, and uh, that's just going to be a tough team to outscore no matter who you are. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be a fun one. Uh, looking forward to this playoff race, especially now that my team's probably uh, mathematically <laughs> essentially out of it at this point, but we'll keep an eye yeah. on the rest one. And uh, to another team who is likely out of the playoff hunt at this point, unfortunately, your Green Bay Packers go down 20-17 to to the Arizona Cardinals. Talk a little bit about this game. You saw it. Uh, you saw it live. So let's talk. Let's hear about it, uh, and then we'll obviously talk to the, talk about the second biggest part of that story. Uh, well, I think the other part's probably the biggest. But yeah, this is um, just a weird game, both to be at and to you know, I was I was and just to obviously the aftermath. But 
I was at the Niners Monday night game earlier this year. Totally different vibe. Uh, a lot of excitement in the air. They obviously come back at that point. Their season very much still uh, up for grabs now. Certainly, they, they're not mathematically eliminated, but it obviously feels like it. Um, you know, just a weird day. Like, it was free, it was very cold. There was a lot of snow. I thought Josh Rosen did a really good job of cutting through the wind. Packers are decimated by injuries. I mean, Brian Bulaga exits this game, the right tackle. They already were without Kevin King and Nick Perry and Muhammad Wilkerson. And, you know, and, and the list goes on and on and on. Um, so they, you know, but the problem hasn't been the defense. Mike Patton has risen to the occasion for them defensively. It's been the offense, and that is why Mike McCarthy no longer has a job as the Packers coach today. Well, you transitioned right into it for me, so uh, this was no surprise. I think we all saw this coming. Uh, where do you see the direction of this franchise going for their next head coach? Do you think it's uh, you know, an older Mike McCarthy, Bruce Arians type, uh, or do you think you're going to go with a young gun kid, uh, for lack of a better term, and bring somebody like that in there? Um, I, well, I will say it was a surprise to me that they fired him today. I mean, although they lose to the Cardinals at home, that's a pretty tough one to, uh, to absorb. I still thought they would hang on. This actually gives McCarthy a little bit of a chance to, um, you know, check out what's out there. A lot of rumors, obviously, about your Cleveland Browns tied to Mike McCarthy. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I, it's a great question. I, I think what they need to do is get, ideally, you get a young offensive mind who can control Aaron Rodgers, because that's really been the issue for all, you know, McCarthy's faults. I think that reeling in Aaron Rodgers has been the huge issue and not letting that body language, you know, Rodgers has been a front runner the last few years. That's just all there is to it. Like his body language has been bad. He's been chucking the ball into the ground. There haven't really been a lot of ramifications for his poor performances at times. They need a guy that can, you know, control him, but also devise some creative schemes. A guy like Andy Reid would be ideal I think that Josh McDaniels is a name that you'll see, you know, tied to the Packers a lot, especially because of his experience with a legendary coach and also with a, you know, what's considered a pretty bright young mind. So that, that to me is the probable guy, I would say right now. Um, but there are, there will certainly be a lot. And with four weeks, they're, they're three or four weeks ahead of everybody else. So it'll be very interesting to see if they get their guy. And, and it's interesting that your Browns and my Packers, the only two teams to make uh, head coaching changes this year, if I'm not mistaken, and they uh, have a heads up, a head start on everybody else in the league. Yeah, I think we'll we will have plenty of time to talk about head coaching predictions. But you mentioned my Browns; that's a good lead into the rest of Sunday's action. So uh, the Browns fall 29-13 to the Texans. Baker Mayfield with his worst game as a pro throws three interceptions in the first half. Um, I shouldn't say worst game; first worst half, absolutely. Throws three interceptions in the first half. Uh, and comes back very nicely in the second half, leads the team on uh, a touchdown drive, what would have been a second touchdown drive if it weren't for a uh, holding penalty and also Antonio Callaway fumbling at the one. Uh, took away another score from him there that, that would have really brought this game back into actual contention. Uh, but it's nice to see Baker bounce back. He didn't look great in that first half. And, and that Houston Texans defense, you mentioned one former coordinator in Mike Pettin, uh, Romeo Cornell had that Houston Texans defense ready to go against Baker. He did not look good against the zone. Uh, he looked he looked confused. He looked like a rookie, uh, but credit to him, came back in the second half uh, and looked really strong. But that was uh, definitely a little bit of a wake-up call game for Brown, the Browns and for Baker uh, to kind of show where you really need to be to make a playoff run hopefully next year. Uh, but that's a game that, uh, you know, like I said, it's a learning experience game. Uh, I don't think a lot of people in Cleveland were expecting a win 
in Houston, but shout out to the, te- the Texans. They just continue to roll. That's uh, nine in a row, if I'm not mistaken, and yep. I just don't know if anybody's going to be able to beat these guys. Yeah, the AFC is pretty wild right now when you talk about the teams we brought up. I mean, not just the Patriots and the Chiefs, obviously, at the top of the table, but you've got you know, the Steelers, the Ravens have gotten off to a hot streak now with Lamar Jackson, at quarterback. They've won three in a row. And then the Texans, like you said, nine straight wins, creating a little bit of distance for themselves in the AFC South. I believe they can clinch next week. Um, so, you know, they're, they're looking really good in the Chargers, of course, too, that we brought up. So this is, uh, this AFC is pretty wild right now. And, uh, you know, week to week, uh, it's tough to know who the best team is. So it's going to make for a really interesting playoff weekend, a couple playoff weekends in the AFC, I think. Yeah. And a couple teams fighting for those playoff spots. The Ravens go get a 26 to 16 win, uh, in Atlanta, the Giants beat the Bears, uh, thanks to, uh, you know, the quarterback injury, Chase, Chase Daniel having to take over in Chicago uh, did not look good. One touchdown, two interceptions today uh, with a QBR of 11 and a half. So not an, not an ideal, uh, not an ideal score for that. So hopefully if, if you're a Bears fan, uh, you can get Mitch Trubisky healthy and back soon because uh, Chase Daniel does not look like the answer over there. Uh, Dolphins 21-17 over the Bills. Uh, Broncos with a somewhat, I don't know if it was a surprising win against the Bengals, but uh, a game that I think Cincinnati had to have, uh, and you know Denver had, yep. to, Denver had to have if they wanted a wild card spot, uh, but Denver comes out and gets a big 24-10 win. Uh, Chase Keenum basically manages his way uh, to, to a victory. He goes 12 for 21 uh, with a TD. Uh, and you know that, all Philip Lindsay. Yeah, that game. Um, Philip Lindsay got 157 yards uh, on 19 carries and two TDs, and that uh, the kid just continues to impress every time we see him. Um, and then let's go Rams Lions 30 16 uh, and Jags over the Colts 6 2 nothing. So of all those games, aren't you? Uh, what sticks out to you the most of those I just listed? Um, you know, I kind of doubted the Broncos a little bit coming into this game, but th- this is now three straight pretty impressive. Actually, really, it's been like a month and a half of good football for the Broncos. Remember, they lost by three to the Rams uh, about a month ago. Then they beat the Cardinals 45-10, lost to the Chiefs by a touchdown, lost to the Texans by two, and again, they should have won, beat the Chargers on the road, beat the Steelers at home, and now handle the Bengals on the road. And now... They have the 49ers, Browns, and Raiders down the stretch before they have the Chargers again. So this Broncos team absolutely is looking like they'll have a good chance to be 9-6 and six headed into the finale in Denver against the Chargers. And again, the Chargers may you know, not need to play anyone. And so, you know, Broncos, kind of a, a surprising live underdog here and a team to watch out for in the AF playoffs, AFC playoff picture as well. Yeah, so right at the top you have a bunch, Baltimore, Miami, Indy, uh, Denver, Tennessee, I think Cincinnati is probably out of it at this point. But of those other teams that I just mentioned, uh, who do you think is most likely to get that final playoff spot uh, after the Chargers? Um, well, I would need to see all the schedules. But, you know, I would say the best team certainly is – I mean, the Baltimore Ravens are a game up. They look like a different team with Lamar Jackson. They Their defenses looked awesome, obviously. Um, my guess is they'll have some tough divisional games here down the stretch. But – they're the team to watch, um, but like I said, that schedule looked really good for Denver. I think that they're in a good spot. Indianapolis let one get away today. I mean, all they needed to do is score one touchdown against 
you know, Cody Kessler, and they couldn't do that. So that that's a, you know, terrible game for Andrew Luck. Um, luckily, they're done with the Jags for the season, but, you know, they, they did not look like a playoff team today, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, Tennessee has been so up and down, it's hard to trust them. So I think Denver right now, just based on the schedule, has a real good shot. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned it. That, those are some extremely winnable games down the stretch for them. Uh, that is for sure. So a couple of uh, some surprising scores, maybe not surprising finals uh, in the afternoon action of games we haven't listed yet. But uh, Chiefs barely squeak out a win against the Raiders, 40-33. to uh, Derek Carr actually looks like a real quarterback for the first time in about two months. Uh, and, you know, the Chiefs obviously coming off uh, a, a complete shakeup uh, with the dismissal um, of Kareem Hunt. And so it's just – uh, they they barely squeak out a win. Raiders, you know, good for them for showing some fight in that one. Uh, Titans barely beat the Jets, 26-22. Um, and then the Buccaneers squeak one out over the Panthers, uh, 24-17. So uh, if, of those those three right there, uh, what shocks you the most out of those games? Yeah, I mean, the Panthers are done. Um, they... You know, they had every chance. It looked like they were cruising for a bye. And in the last few weeks, like, you look at what they've done. Um, you know, they go they go overseas. They beat uh, Philly in London 21-17, the game they probably should have lost. Had they lost that game, it would have been they lost to the Skins. They won that game against the Eagles. They beat the Ravens. They beat the Bucks. I mean, they look, then they get pounded by the Steelers. They lose to the Lions, who are just hapless. They lose to the Seahawks, and now they lose to the Bucks. So now... The Panthers are at six and six. It's season that looked again like they were in the play. They were going to be in the mix for the bye. They're six and two now. Six and six losers of four straight. Now they go to your Cleveland Browns before uh, playing host to the Saints, which look mostly unstoppable. Um, and then they have to go back to New Orleans uh, to finish off the season. So uh, Panthers are in a whole lot of trouble. They have to run the table essentially to make the playoffs, and I don't like their chances. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, the other two games we have mentioned: Seahawks over the Niners, forty-three sixteen. Uh, and Pats over the Vikings, 24-10. to uh, But we do have a good Monday night one. I know we want to talk a little bit about this. A uh, lot of implications uh, for uh, the playoff picture and a lot of implications, I know, in our fantasy league, and I'm sure plenty across the table uh, for the entire world. So uh, good luck to all those who are battling for playoff spots in your fantasy league uh, on this final Monday night game. I know. We will be all watching closely, but Eagles, Redskins, yes. uh, Redskins traveling to Philadelphia, uh, six and five, Washington, five and six, Eagles, Eagles desperately needing a win, uh, and the Redskins could very, very much use one to to keep pace. So, uh, what do you see coming out of this game? Yeah, I mean the Eagles are kind of in the same boat as the Panthers. Like they they've really looked really really off at times. They did come back and beat the Giants last week at home, twenty five twenty two. But that came on the heels of getting just blown out, blown out the building by the Saints, forty eight to seven. And then obviously before that they lost to the Cowboys, twenty seven twenty. So um, you know, Eagles. I would say this is a must win for both teams. Like yes, it would drop the. The skins to six and six, and they're not technically out at that point, especially in the NFC where everyone seems to want to lose and not, you know, stay in this thing. But, um, you know, this is an absolute must win for the Eagles. I, I would say more so because, um, you know, you basically got to keep pace with the Cowboys at this point and, um, you know, another loss. And I think that, uh, you know, I think the season's over for them. So that's, that's the way I see. I think the Eagles will get it done though. What about you? You know, this is, this is just that. 
Washington team who has continued to overperform all year and a Philly team that's continued to underperform. And mm-hmm. I don't necessarily see that changing at this point. I think this is one of those, uh, you know, we are who they thought, that, you know, they are who they, we thought they were on both these teams. It's 11 weeks into, 12 weeks into the season, um, or 13 weeks into the season, uh, this being week 13. You know, you, you know what you got out of these teams. What we've been getting from Washington all year uh, is, uh, you know, a better better than what we've expected. Obviously, uh, you know, you'd think the, the um, you know, Eagles would, you know, obviously have a little bit of advantage at home. Uh, but I just think that the the Redskins can do it with Colt McCoy. That's we'll see. That's gonna be tough, but I think it'll be a good game. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not gonna be the world's most ideal uh, <laughs> that that is for sure. Uh, I mean, but he he looks. I mean, he looked decent last week. So I mean, it's not like he just completely crapped the bed. That's true. I mean, he, no, he's not bad. Yeah. He's not bad. I mean, three interceptions last week is not good. Uh, I mean, but he also threw two touchdowns. So, you know, it's stranger things have happened in the NFL. I mean, we just watched the Cowboys beat the uh, Saints on Thursday night. So, crazier crazier things have happened. That's right. I I believe it. So, um, we will see how all those go. Uh, So, I'll wrap up our football a little bit. We do have some sort of breaking baseball news here today that I know Anshu was very excited to talk about. So, As of right now, the uh, Mariners have at least a deal in principle uh, to trade Gene Segura to the Phillies uh, for J.P. Crawford, um, and uh, some other players will be involved as well. We're still kind of waiting to see exactly who those other players are going to be. So maybe by the time you're listening uh, on this fine Monday morning, you will know exactly who those extra players prospects. Uh, Carlos Santana is rumored to be involved in there. It doesn't sound like the Phillies wanted to do that. Um, so you're looking probably more like some prospects and maybe some cash change in hands, uh, but we will see how that goes. And Anshu, it, this this really looks like the Mariners are in full on sell mode. Yeah, it's been really interesting. Uh, Alex Colomi go, goes to the White Sox um, in the trade also, and so a lot a lot going on there. They trade for our Omar Narvaez, who's basically a platoon catcher. Um, obviously, this huge Robinson Cano deal—it's been held up a little bit with the with the Mets, but that's going to get done here most likely tomorrow. Um, they're getting some big prospects. They're trading Edwin Diaz and Robinson Cano to New York. Just an odd sort of deal. Jerry Depoto going wild. They obviously traded James Paxson earlier this offseason. Is Mitch Hanniger next? That's that's up for debate. I know they said they weren't going to trade any of these guys, and they go ahead and trade all of them except for Hanniger. So you can expect him to get dealt as well. I think. Um, just, just a really interesting off season all set off by the fact that Shohei Otani doesn't sign there last off season. So, um, you know, the Mariners, uh, full on rebuild here as they follow the direction of several other teams, uh, that we've seen over the last few years. Yeah. I, just, I think it's just a really odd move for Seattle. Like, I think they're definitely kind of right there to compete, uh, or would have been right there to compete. Uh, and you saw it the past couple of years. I just, I don't understand what, um, you know, kind of the reasoning behind just going on full on sell mode is kind of trying to acquire another piece or two. You know, likely need, would need to add a starting pitcher uh, and another big bat. But it, it wasn't like they were that far away from being able to. Coach. No, totally agree. And it, and it wasn't like they were guys who were going to be free agents next off season. You know, it was like, you know, hey, I mean, Paxton was around for a while. You know how much I love him, and and a lot of these guys were. I I understand dealing Cano if you can, but. 
Edwin Diaz has three or four years of control. Um, you know, the farm system's pretty bare, but it's still odd that they decided to go in this direction. Um, so, and it's not like they have trouble selling their stadium out either. So just kind of weird. And I agree with you that they were right on the cusp of the playoffs. So I don't really understand it. Yeah, it's a, it's a very odd one. So, uh, we'll see what the Mariners continue to do. I mean, maybe, maybe they try to trade some then prospects back for some bigger players and, and try to do a kind of whole rebuild in an off season, uh, but just shoot mm. some money rounds. Who knows? I mean, that's yeah, uh, could be a possibility. I doubt it, but uh, it, that would at least make some sense. Just the complete teardown makes makes zero sense. So who knows yeah. what that'll be? Uh, but we're gonna get keep this one short today. Uh, I know it's late for all of us, uh, so we'll do our oh by the ways and let our listeners get going. Uh, but my oh by the way, I'll get started. Uh, we're gonna continue with the baseball hot stove rumors, but the Yankees report- mm. reportedly willing to give up Gary Sanchez uh, if the Marlins will give him JT Real Muto. So wow, uh, we'll see if that actually happens. And we all know the Marlins are not opposed to trading every slightly valuable asset they have. So who knows? Yeah, that is wild. Mayo, um, oh, by the way, I just want to stick with Mike McCarthy here, uh, give him a little bit more burn. Um, 125-77-2 and two in 13 seasons for McCarthy. They make four NFC title games, obviously, only win the one. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really just unfortunate because he's, uh, like, you know, I, I think that he was a solid coach for a long time, but his time just ran out in Green Bay. And it's one of those things that, um, you know, we were just crapping all over him a lot throughout this season on this show. And I just, uh, like now that he's gone, it's kind of an odd feeling because <laughs> like, you know, he's been there for most of, you know, half of my life basically as a Packers coach. So, um, just a, a wild day for Green Bay and, uh, I'm excited about what is going to happen next, but definitely worth taking a second to appreciate what he did for Green Bay and, and put them back on the map in the post Barb era. Yeah. Really the first time you've known what it's like to be a Browns fan, just essentially out of the playoffs in December, you have a coaching, uh, impending coaching search coming. And, uh, so what's it like? I, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure you don't want to keep this going. No, no, it's, I mean, I don't mind talking about it. It's just a very odd feeling because, uh, yeah, they didn't make the playoffs last year, but it was cause Rogers was hurt. This is the first time Rogers has been healthy and they haven't made the playoffs since his first year as a starter. So, it's just, it's surreal, honestly, and I just can't believe that McCarthy got fired, but especially right after the game like that. But as we've said, I, I think he will land on his feet pretty quickly, and I would not be surprised at all if he's super successful somewhere else. It's just sometimes, you know, the vo- the voice gets tuned out, and the locker room had clearly, you know, tuned him out in Green Bay. So I think that he'll go on to do really great things again elsewhere. It's just it's time, but it's like kind of bittersweet, I think, in some ways, and, and appreciative of what he did for them. Absolutely, I, I understand the sentiment. Uh, and speaking of time, uh, our time is up for Anshu Connor. I am Dan Bauer. We'll catch you guys on Hump Day.